0: Welcome to Sports-ish, the podcast, a place to bring you the sports and the ish, a place to make sports fun, cute, and easy. This is not your boyfriend's sports news, it's Sports-ish. My name is Lily, I'm the founder of Sports-ish, and I am your host. Hi guys, it's officially March. Well, when you listen to this, it will be March, it's February today, but thank the high heaven above. January and February are so hard for me, if you haven't gotten that drift in the past episodes this year, but we made it out, and I'm so happy to be heading into spring, heading into one of the greatest times in sports, which is, of course, March Madness. I... I'm going to save March Madness for the episodes in the next few weeks because we're diving in, we're diving in deep. But what I will say is to be on the lookout this upcoming week for a massive bracket challenge with an incredible giveaway that everybody is going to want. And that's gonna come out next week. We're working hard behind the scenes to create it, to make it bigger than last year. And submitting a bracket is not just free, but it's so fun especially if you don't know basketball, the possibilities of, of choosing teams from mascots and colors, names, there it's a ball. It is a total ball. So we're gonna have a bracket challenge, a sports-ish bracket challenge, and we're gonna give away a fantastic prize, one for the winner of the men's and one for the winner of the women's. We have the best guests today and you will all love them, but before we bring them on, let's real quick, dive deep, get into the sports-ish of the week. There's a lot. We'll start with basketball. Last night, Caitlin Clark announced that she is foregoing her fifth and final season in college at Iowa to enter the WNBA draft. Now, it's not a surprise to anyone that she is already projected to be picked first, number one overall. The Indiana Fever have that first pick, so it's almost like she already knows her fate caitlin clark is going to indiana and the city of indiana is going wild there's billboards popping up and tweets going out and everyone from indiana is basically has already accepted that caitlin clark will be going to the fever so a few weeks ago she passed the ncaa women's scoring record among any female college basketball players and now she's only 18 points away from breaking the overall ncaa record men's women's she averages more than 30 points per game so to make it easy for anyone who's confused, she is more than likely to break this record on Sunday in their game against Ohio State. So that's the most points ever scored in NCAA basketball ever. She's. Absolutely insane. Absolutely one of the greatest that has ever come through college. She's insane. The element that I am so obsessed with is the way that she has garnered this group of young, young female basketball fans who have made her their total hero. She has sold out practically every game she's played in this season. And that's including away games. Every city she goes to, there are little girls with posters in the stands just like obsessed with number 22 with Caitlin Clark. She's had this effect on females and little girls and it's been really inspiring to watch and hopefully those little girls have the belief already that they can do anything but Caitlin Clark is just reinforcing that. You know she is about to break the record. Men's And women's overall NCAA scoring record. So if nothing else, I hope this is teaching little girls that they can be great. And not just great in terms of great for a woman in sports, but great for anyone in sport. That's what Caitlin Clark is doing. Legendary to say the least. Goat status to say the least. And I'm really excited for her chapter in the WNBA. My NBA news has a lot less to do with the actual basketball and more about the fact that Jimmy Butler, who plays for the Miami Heat, as we know, he often wears like absurd things and has absurd hairstyles. And he brought back his emo getup, if you might remember from press day last year. You know, it's as if I was transported back to 2009. Yeah, 2009 for me with my straightener and just going to town on my hair, frying it to a crisp with my pink Paul Mitchell Express flat iron. His hair is so straight, it goes over his eyes. Anyways, so yes, Jimmy Butler in his emo phase because he was in a Fallout Boy music video. And yes, Fallout Boy, like Sugar, we're going down swinging, which is a total bop by the way but the song is called so much for stardust and he has his emo hair but he's in a purple cowboy outfit i have so many questions about jimmy butler this might be a tease because he did say that he one day was going to release his own country album jimmy butler's country album is something that i am sure nobody asked for not one one person. The the hairstyles are silly and provide some entertainment. But the country album's unnecessary. He's good enough at basketball that he could keep going with that. So maybe maybe Jimmy, if you hear me, maybe ex nay on the country album. Tristan Thompson is the bane of my existence. I you know, you know my feelings on Tristan Thompson. But there was some really sweet news out of his camp this week that I feel like it's worth sharing because I rag on him a lot completely understandably of course but I feel like this was this was a point for Tristan. He is officially the legal guardian of his younger brother Amari who has epilepsy. So their mom passed away last January and Tristan took over as Amari's caretaker and getting the help he needs. But as of this week after you know, many court proceedings. He is now the legal guardian and will take care of Amari or at least provide the care for Amari that he needs for the rest of his life. So, Tristan can't be faithful. It's not it's not possible for him, but I will say a good big brother, a sweet big brother. Finally, and this did not break until right after I recorded last week's podcast episode, but the rumors are flying Devin and Kendall might be back together. I'm talking about Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. Apparently they're trying things out again, round 2. They're taking it slow. I I'm delivering this news as if I know. I I I've just read this. But apparently they are back. People speculated when they were seen together or at least seen in the same suite at the Super Bowl, and then the news headlines hit last Friday. Honestly, I really like them together. Kendall seems like the calmest of the Kardashians and Devin does seem like a good guy with terrible facial hair, but a good guy. And they seem happy together. So again, (laughs) I know none of this for certain. I don't know these people, but based on their Instagram pictures, they seem so happy together. So, and this is not a knock on Kendall, but she really does like basketball players. Like I think it's something that is a turn on for her. It is attractive to her. If you play basketball, it's, that is clear in her dating history. So why not embrace that? If you like it, embrace it. You love the NBA players, so go after it. And speaking of NBA players, Devin Booker is one of the best ones in the NBA. So it's not like she's going back to, you know, Blake Griffin, who is very much not. I'm for it. I didn't like her and Bad Bunny. Don't know these people, but pushing for a Kendall and Devin reunion. More tea, but football. Page Six, who is probably the trashiest outlet there ever is, they're like on par with the New York Post. But they reported this week that Tom Brady has, and I quote, accepted the fact that Giselle may have been unfaithful to him with her current boyfriend, who is a jujitsu instructor. And his name is Joaquim. Valente. So basically, the representative who went to page six is insinuating that Giselle may have cheated on Tom. I have no idea if this is true, but Tom obviously came out of the divorce looking like the bad guy here. So maybe this is a new narrative he's trying to spin. Listen, I knew something was up when he was like throwing helmets, throwing tablets, major outbursts during his last season in the NFL. It was ridiculous how in his head he was, and maybe he was bothered about more than the football. Maybe he was thinking of Mr. Jiu-Jitsu in the back of his head. He was clearly distracted. He was clearly not playing the type of football that he was capable of, but Tom Brady has a role to play in my life and it is that he is my villain. He is my personal villain. So I'm going to continue to roll with the fact that he did neglect his family for football and that's what caused their divorce. I'm not, I'm not going to put it on Giselle's infidelity, even if it might be true. Giselle's actually living her best life. There is drama with Tyree Kill. I've spoken at length about Tyree Hill and what a ah, bad person I think he is. No, it's not. I think the allegations against him are horrific. But there are new allegations this week that are somewhat, it's not funny, it's just unbelievable. So a social media influencer, her name is Sophie Hall. She's got like 2.1 million followers on Instagram. She is an OnlyFans girl herself, so good for her. She is probably making so much money, but she is suing Tyreek Hill saying that he violently tackled her and fractured her leg during a training session at his house. So she enrolled her son in his football camp, Tyreek Hill's football camp, which is in Boca Raton, Florida. And apparently Tyreek reached out to her on Instagram and kind of like flirted with her via DM and invited her to his home after the son went to camp later that month allegedly he paid for her to fly back to florida to stay with him at the estate she said that he got a driver who picked her up at the airport brought her to his house and he had to peace out for a few hours so she's at this house with his family members she's never met she's feeling uncomfortable and then he comes home and they start playing football in the backyard he invites her to participate in some offensive line drills, okay? Nothing says romance, like, come do some drills with me. And on the very first play, apparently, Sophie, like, rushed him at his request, and Tyreek got pushed backwards, and people were laughing, and he was, you know, kind of embarrassed in front of his mom, sister, friend, and trainer. So he was embarrassed, and he became angry, according to her. So they continued to play, and then he tackled her and broke her leg. This is all according to the court documents. Just a very bizarre story, and honestly, minor in comparison to what Tyreek Hill has been accused of before. So do we think this will have any impact on his career in the NFL? Not at all. Do I think he will have to pay this $50,000 fine to Sophie Hill? Yes, absolutely. And if that's true, if... If any of that is true. What a weird chain of events. My favorite news of the week is that Bethany Frankel is feuding with Ed Kelsey. Yes, I am referring to the former housewife of New York City who somehow is still on social media and still relevant and has a podcast. I Why? Why? But she you know, was talking about Travis and Taylor, as they do, as everyone does, basically saying that They were going to break up and Travis needs to be the center of attention all the time. And that's why it's not going to work out with Taylor. And they're set up for disaster. So Ed Kelsey, my man, it's on Facebook like the boomers do. They go to the FB and he comments on this video and says, who TF is this troll? Burn, burn by Papa Ed. Bethany then, you know, doubled down on her statements on her podcast because, you know, she needs to speak more and it's a fun feud. The thing that I hate to break it to Bethany Frankel, if you're gonna go head to head with someone who is related to Donna Kelsey, and doesn't even matter that it's her ex-husband, if there's relation to Donna Kelsey, you're going to lose in terms of public favor. The public's going to Donna. The public will always go to Donna. No one's taking your side here, Bethany Frankel. I'm sorry to tell you. This is cute news. This is love news, relationship news. Shohei Otani, he got married this week. His announcement was so sweet. It was in Japanese, but his caption was in English. And he said, to all my friends and fans throughout, I have an announcement to make. Not only have I began a new chapter in my career with the Dodgers. Yes, in fact, he has $700 million contract. But I also have began a new life with someone from my native country of Japan who is very special to me. And I wanted everyone to know that I am now married. I am excited for what is to come and thank you for your support. He's so private. He didn't release her name. And he asked in the statement that the media refrain from contacting anyone trying to get her name or get information about her. It's almost like a protective thing of her. It's really so sweet. Also, hearts are breaking everywhere because he is so cute. I don't, I don't know how else to describe Shohei Otani. He is so cute and seems so nice. So we're happy for Shohei and the missus, whoever she may be. I'm sure it will come out this season. I hope she's at Dodgers games and I hope they're just the cutest little Japanese couple. I can't wait to stalk them. Okay. Most importantly in sports news, The Formula One season has begun. Today, actually, is when practices have started, but the first race is on Saturday. And I started watching Netflix's Drive to Survive last season, which piqued, of course, my interest in Formula One because you fall in love, these storylines and these teams and the camaraderie the rivalry the drama and what I've learned is that every other woman who watches the show they have their driver they have their team it's how and this is what gets them to start watching the sport it appears to be the most luxurious high class sport there is there's such a few number of athletes but so much money involved. The cars are fast. They are pretty. The girlfriends, the wives, they're gorgeous. There's like legacies there. A lot of them have family history. I'm not even going to talk too much because I have some really wonderful guests I had the absolute honor and privilege of bringing on two of the hosts of F1 for the girls podcast. So Tiggy and Chessa, their third co-host is named Sarah. We missed her for sure. But they found a gap in the market of Formula One that it was mostly talked about and brought to you by men, particularly British men and they wanted to change that and they started their podcast f1 for the girls and it's blown up and they're having what appears to be so much success and the way that they're making the sport fun for people who already watched and who already were fans but also approachable for people who didn't watch before and who started watching because of the Netflix show more like me and we had such a fun conversation and i really am excited to cover f1 in very basic and simple terms this season and cover things other than max verstappen and one again because it felt like that's all i could talk about last season so i'm going to toss it over to my interview with Tiggy and Chessa to tell you more about the sport that is Formula One. But thank you so much for coming on and helping us learn more about this beautiful sport that is F1 that I have just started learning about, I'd say in the past year, I'm really kind of digging into it. Buckle (laughs) up, welcome. (laughs) It is is quite the world. Like it very much um, feels like the most luxurious, a uh, special like club that I am really kind of honored to be a part of not even knowing okay. everything but just in the little bit I'm learning I feel really excited about it. Um, but I want to hear from both of you how you found and started loving and then started working in the sport of Formula One. So we'll start with Tiggy, and then go to Francesca.
1: Awesome. Um, so my story came a little bit later than Chessa's because Chessa grew up watching but I got into it During the pandemic, kind of a classic American story, fan story of watching Drive to Survive, having a lot of time during COVID and just fell in love with the sport kind of as a gateway. Drive to Survive was a gateway for all the other amazing things about it. Obviously, Drive to Survive portrays some things and not others. And so we just fell in love kind of the logistics, the business, the fact that it's 20 drivers, 10 teams, but a sport that's valued at like over $20 billion. So I was like, I'm hooked. (laughs) So... That was sort of my entry point, and then we were all chatting during COVID. We were all friends beforehand, and we we're like, there aren't that many females talking about the sport, talking about Formula One. It was a lot of kind of male British people, especially not a lot of Americans and not a lot of women. And so we were like, let's just shoot our shot and see see how it goes. And it's been a little over two years, and we absolutely love it.
2: Wow. Yeah, it- it literally evolved from. I think it was definitely Sarah and Tiggy who took the lead, but being like, "We can do this." Like, there's not a market for people like us, who, you know, everyone loves F one for so many different reasons, and that's why it's so special. But we really liked like what a lot of the male podcasts were talking about. So Tiggy and Sarah were like, "Let's do it." Ordered mics. They came the next day on Amazon, and we just recorded our first episode. Um, <laughs> and I, I felt very lucky to have had like Sarah and Tiggy as people to talk about the sport with because I grew up with the sport so I'm Italian or my dad's Italian okay we grew up kind of all over the world and then when we moved to the states my dad would play the races at like obscene hours so I, my whole childhood was like random screaming from the kitchen at like <laughs> 5 a.m on Sunday mornings um and so my dad and I connected a lot about it but then when Tiggy and Sarah and all of our friends started to get more involved a la drive to survive it was like the perfect confluence of everything and the timing was just right
0: Well, it's so cool what you've done in two years. That's huge. You know, I, even your, your social following is huge, but also just, I've listened to a few episodes and you've had big names on the podcast. (laughs) You're you're doing really cool things for (laughs) the girls. Most important (laughs) for the girls.
2: We try not to freak out when we've had two driver interviews and it's just like, kind of not,
0: not imposter syndrome, but we're like, I cannot believe this is our lives. Yeah, (laughs)
1: We're like, stay cool. Stay cool.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. So having grown up around F1, let's just take it very basic for people who haven't watched, maybe explain in your words, in the simplest term, what Formula One is and what they do and what we're watching at these obscene hours.
1: Jessica, <laughs> so, so you want to start? Okay. You're yes. veteran.
2: So Formula One in the U S Formula One, can get lumped in or mistaken with other motorsport series like NASCAR, etc. But what makes Formula One really unique is one, it's a single car seater, okay. single car series, so single seater car, so one driver <laughs> in the car at a time. Whereas NASCAR sometimes you have like bigger cars. Yeah, that's one thing. The tracks are not oval, so every track is different, and they're all over the world. And you can have a traditional track, or you can have a street circuit, which literally runs the race runs through the middle of a city, like. Okay. um, All over the world so that's the one thing and then you have 20 drivers 10 teams for every race you're basically competing to come first in the race but there's a whole weekend that leads up to the race on sunday and what you're watching during the weekend is practice so a lot of the time it's not just about the driver it's about the car the setup the engineers the years of research and development that go into developing a car so you have practice on the, at the beginning of the weekend to kind of help everyone get up to speed, collect data on the different conditions, what to expect for that specific weekend on that track. Then you have qualifying, which is basically every car and every driver go out and try to set the fastest lap time that they can in a specific time. Okay. And then that's going to al- like allocate them all across the starting lineup. So if you came first in qualifying, you're going to start first in the race. Right. And then it's all about not having your car fail on you and mm-hmm. finishing first. Tiki, did I do a good job? You did a great job. That
1: was was perfect. I I think I'll just add a couple things, maybe like context and color. So I think when people think about F1, if you don't know a lot about the sport, you just think about drivers just going in circles and you're like, "Why, why is this exciting? But I think it's actually one of the most physically demanding sports. And a lot of people don't think about it like that. When we were, we were talking to Max Verstappen's trainer. And the way he put it was like, you basically have to be fit enough to run a marathon because the races last for two hours, but you also have to be as strong and conditioned as a sprinter because your heart rate can reach 90% of its max at the start on overtakes, um, and all sorts of other things like the G force in the car when you're turning. So there is a lot of conditioning and training and athletics that goes into the sport. So when people are like, Oh, you're just driving in circles. Like I think that really oversimplifies it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and then the other thing i would add just to chessa's point around the teams like people think about oh it's just 20 drivers but you have hundreds and hundreds of people working behind that driver and that car to build the fastest car possible it's a huge kind of technology experiment r and d lab for automotive like automotive industry as a whole but also just you know how can we produce the fastest and best car and they're so many things that go behind that so if you're a data nerd if you're into technology like there's so much to dive into so i think more so than any other sport it's really it's heavily driven by analytics by strategy um by numbers in a way that i think some other sports less so during the moment um, kind of have
0: totally well And what got me into the sport was the human interest piece, which is also you you have your like data nerds, but then you have maybe your reality TV show junkies. Totally. And not naming (laughs) names like myself, but um, who maybe are like into the human interest piece of athletes. And that's what a lot of our followers really like. And there are so many, there's drama and there's love and you know, so many pieces to these teams. Let's talk about the Netflix show because you said that's (laughs) the things that got you hooked as well. How do you think it has changed the sport of formula one?
1: Oh, that's a, such a great question. I feel like it's changed it in so many ways. The first one that comes to mind is just a younger fan base and a fan base that's interested. And to your point, more than just the data, they're interested in the full person the full personality all the drama that goes on behind the scenes of which there is a lot you would think yeah. maybe with only 20 drivers like it would tamp down <laughs> the drama level but i actually think it ratchets it up more than, so yeah um, <laughs> yeah you would expect like you have people leaving teams mid season you have lewis hamilton veteran like one of the best drivers of all time like leaving his home on a dime not even telling his parents the day he like announces it so right. there's so many different things and I think one of the things I said at the beginning about a sport with so few people, but valued at over $20 billion is like the number of sponsors, the number of partners, yeah. it just like adds more layers of drama and fun and just like all sorts of personalities in the room, which I think makes it such a blast.
2: Yeah. And one thing that we, you know, when Tiki said there's hundreds of people on a team, and yeah. so there's that whole like business component. There's a lot of people, a lot of human interest, a lot of different stories there. But the Formula One world itself is so small. Like all of these drivers grew up karting together. So if you can like go through their archives on Instagram, you can see photos of like Gasly and Ocon karting together and competing when they were seven or eight years old. And like apparently that's when the rivalry started. I mean, if you watch this season, they have a like, kind of a whole episode on that. But, right. It's it's so cool to see that whole thing happen. A lot of these drivers, their dads were either F1 drivers or other sort of motorsport drivers. The girlfriends, I guess, all are in that world too. Right. You <laughs> don't have any tips on how to become an F1 <laughs> web. So you we can leave that <laughs> on the table, <laughs> off
0: the table. I mean, they're all like really, really beautiful. Yes. I mean the whole sport uh,
2: is like it's the pinnacle of excellence in every sort of you know, <laughs> way that you can think of the word. And so the events themselves are also very, um, I wouldn't call them like highbrow because actually a lot of the races vary and they're very unique to the different places, but there is the whole element of show happening at these different events. Like what Tiki said with sponsors and different people there, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to
1: add as well, like when you ask about how drive to survive kind of has changed the sport. I think for one, it's made it much more inclusive, especially for Americans. Like we have so many more fans, I feel like than we've ever had in formula one, so many more females. And I think that in turn brings a different type of sponsorship, different types of brands, like. We now have three races in the U.S., which people have differing opinions on, but like it's really growing. (laughs) You love it. We have to point out like F1 is owned by an American company. So (laughs) there's reason behind it. But yeah, it's just, I think it's made the sport more inclusive and so many more, so much more growth, so many more different types of fans, which I think is a positive overall.
0: So in terms of the drivers, you know, we hear so much about Max Verstappen. Whenever I touch on F1, one, especially last season. It was like, and Max we're stopping one again. And <laughs> again, and that's about all we have for today. Um, but there's so many interesting storylines and unique personalities, and like I said, drama, if you were introducing someone to the world of f one and you said, you gotta you gotta take a look at blank mm. who's who's the driver? Who's the driver that you would say, the ladies need to, and we're not talking about their looks because, you know, they're all attractive. It's great. But I mean, like the storyline, the history, who's yeah. the that captivates each of
2: you? <laughs> okay. So good thing Sarah couldn't make it today because otherwise all we would do is talk about Max Verstappen because that's her Right. <laughs> okay, okay. For someone who's new to the sport, there's two ways you can approach it. And we always say that you can love a driver and love a different team. They don't have to be synonymous. So <laughs> I am... Always of the ilk that, like, I don't really care specifically about a driver or a team per se. I just want everyone to be competitive and really fighting wheel to wheel. So, in that sense, Red Bull, incredible car, incredible driver, and Max Verstappen, like, I don't really think about them that much because it's kind of assumed that they're going to or he's going to keep winning. Yeah. So what I would say is the teams that have made really, really big strides year over year and during the year in developing their cars. So, for me, that is McLaren. They are a 10 out of 10, 10 slam dunk team. They, developed the car really well last year started to win and came out really high on top at the end of the season they're competing for you know p2 p3 p4 consistently their drivers are really young and have a lot of like untapped potential so exciting to see that and branding wise like McLaren is not an American team they're a British team but they have the sensibility of an American team and really understand the fan base over here
1: and just to clarify for anyone who doesn't know who the mclaren drivers are oscar Piastri oh. and lando norris people love lando he's, yeah. he's been driving for a little bit longer but i personally love him and we interviewed oscar last year so he's he was a rookie last year it's a second year now but he's being talked about as one of the really up-and-coming drivers potential future world champions kind of of the ilk yeah. of lewis hamilton Charles Leclerc. Nice. um so I love them as well. But for me, I've always been a Lewis Hamilton girl. I just think when it comes to story, there's no one better or more inspiring in terms of the way he grew up, his background, the barriers he's had to overcome. He didn't grow up in a wealthy family. He's the only black driver on the grid and he is one of the best drivers of all time. And the the things that he's had to do to kind of overcome barriers to get to that point and the elegance and the class and the way that he just stands <laughs> up for the things that he believes in and helps other people kind of fight for as well. I just think there's no better ambassador for the sport than him. Um, but he's also probably one of the most outside of F1 well-known people in the sport. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of transcended the F1 world to become mm-hmm. more of a pop culture icon in many different ways. And so I just think he's, you can tell how much I love him, but
2: <laughs> I'll get yeah. off my
1: soapbox, but I, I love Lewis. I
2: am <laughs> with you. Mercedes, And I guess he's, we still love Mercedes and Tiki still loves Mercedes, but now she has to get used to Lewis is going to be wearing red next year. And so we're going to know.
0: Have- Let's talk about that because <laughs> that really took the world by storm and we didn't, you know, say anything in the first 24 hours. And all of a sudden I got this flood of DMs. Like, are you going to talk about Lewis Hamilton? <laughs> and I'm crazy. like, yes, yes, I guess, I guess we are. We, we gotta like, I gotta find more info on this, but um, this broke the world, the internet, it broke like, fans who didn't even been watching that one religiously. Like, talk to us about how, how you guys felt with that news.
1: This was crazy. We woke up to it because the news broke probably, like, 6 a.m. or 5-something a.m. Eastern time. And we immediately recorded an emergency podcast episode at 7 a.m. to release that day because we wow. were like, this is, this is the biggest news since, at least since I've been a fan of the sport, yeah. like, biggest news that – Has ever hit the airwaves or the interwebs. Um, I, as a huge Lewis fan, I think at first the thing I felt most was shock, just like, oh my gosh, this is his home, this is who's developed him, he's always been so incredibly loyal, like I, I sort of thought he would end his career at Mercedes, but the more I've like gotten used to it, the more I've heard him speak about it, and think about some of the, the reasoning behind it the more excited I am for it I think it's an iconic move like every driver would love to wear red and drive Ferrari it's the most classic the most historic team and so I think it is poetic if Lewis decides to end his career at Ferrari like it makes a lot of sense and yeah hopefully they'll deliver him a good car
2: <laughs> and, and yeah and for like some background on why he made the move so Lewis is a seven-time world champion no one has had eight world championships. And that's like Lewis's, that's what he wants to do before he retires. He's not old by any stretch of the imagination, but in the F1 world, he's not the youngest driver. And every year for him, as he said in DTS, this season is a precious year for him. And what happened is Mercedes was on the back foot in the new regulations for the cars in the past few years. And I guess Lewis didn't think that this year and then next year Mercedes could catch up and he didn't want to wait until 2026 and what happens in 2026 is like the whole new era and new regulations of cars so Mercedes is like convinced that in 2026 they're going to be super competitive like they used to be but Lewis couldn't wait and so he thought I guess Ferrari could could do it for him in the next two years.
1: I'll give a couple more <laughs> spicier reasons yeah, besides the, the 2026 question. <laughs> So the the rumors are, and Toto basically confirmed as such, that they were not, Mercedes was not willing to give Lewis a long-term contract because they're um, looking at this young potential star, Kimi Antonelli, um, and so they were only offering Lewis, I think, maximum a two-year contract, and Lewis was like, that might not be enough time for you to get your act together, mm-hmm. and the other potentially spicy reason is just the money. Apparently Ferrari offered him a hundred million dollar contract, which I'm not sure Mercedes was, was able to do or willing to do one of the two.
0: <laughs> Dang. I mean, a hundred million, you, you gotta go. You gotta, yeah. Gotta, gotta wear red. Um, <laughs> so you're excited about it. I, I am like indifferent, you know, being new <laughs> in this world, but people feel, some people feel really betrayed. Why, why is that? because Mercedes he and Mercedes are
1: synonymous. Like I am, a I say I'm a huge Mercedes fan. I'm really a Lewis Hamilton fan. Like I'm a Mercedes fan basically through Lewis and I love Mercedes for other reasons outside of that as well. But he Lewis started his career at McLaren. He only spent a couple years there, jumped to Mercedes, which was seen as a risk. Like Mercedes was not known or a good team at that stage. And he jumped very early in his career, built out the team with Toto Wolf, the team principal and they were probably one of the most successful constructors or had the most successful period of dominance of almost any F1 team in history. They won something like seven or eight world constructors championships in a row and Lewis tied the record for most, uh, driver's championships, which Chessa said at seven. And so I think people just think of them as one and the same. And like his loyalty is something that's been praised over the past decade. And so it's, it's kind of wild, like nobody saw it coming. So I can see why people would feel betrayed, but, I also trust Lewis, and I think he's free in to Lewis, make the decision. Yeah. <laughs> As he said in, I think it was a press conference this week or last week, he's like, I'm writing my own story. I'm like, yeah, yes, you that. are.
0: <laughs> I love that for him. I mean, you saw, I'm sure you saw people saying that it was similar to Zayn leaving. Yes, One, One Direction. Direction. And oh, I had hadn't heard that.
2: that, but that is like the perfect
0: yeah. way for of- yeah, someone was like, if he left One Direction and went to five seconds of summer, <laughs> what that would be like. And, th- and then I was like, oh, I understand. Now I get. It. Yes. Yeah. Put it
1: in the terms that the people can comprehend. Right. And <laughs> yeah, that was a
0: devastating day in my life and many, many others.
2: All of us. It. it was a crazy day.
0: Um, okay. So let's let's stay on Lewis for a second. Um he is you you mentioned the pop culture tie. He really transcends the world of F1 he's you know one of the highest athlete paid athletes in the world just one of the most famous athletes in the world Um, but he also has had ties to you know a lot of celebrities with Mm with dating history um most recently Shakira Uh do you guys do you guys subscribe to any of these things or do you yeah this is ridiculous yeah definitely but Lewis is
2: like I don't, I can't think of him in those terms because he's never had a super long-term girlfriend. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to think of him as being anything other than an F1 driver sometimes and like a sometimes fashion week guest.
0: <laughs> yeah. he we
1: that- live for the drama. I mean, Shakira yeah. showing up to all the Grand Prix's last year, we were like, there might be something here.
0: I <laughs> think there was a fling. I, I mean, I don't know, but it it definitely looked like it. For sure. Yeah it's, it's um, so
2: interesting um it's so funny that Lewis is everyone knows who he is and mm-hmm. obviously of course his love life is going to be front and center whenever things like this come up But yes. I remember when I so I didn't grow up in the states and when I first moved here it was like 2007 and I was walking through time I moved from the UK so obviously I knew who Lewis Hamilton was yeah and I was walking through Times Square and he was like with some people and no one knew who he was he was just like strolling through <laughs> Times Square and I like chasing him down the street yeah I thought I was crazy but <laughs> It is kind of crazy that he hasn't had a long-term girlfriend.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, the longest one was the singer of the Pussycat Dolls. Nicole Nicole Scherzinger, yeah. (laughs) That was, and I think that lasted a few years. But ever since then, it's like rumors of all these different, like, was it? No, it was Nicki Minaj. That was a rumor. Um, Rita Ora was a rumor. I don't know what's not, but it's intriguing. Well...
1: We have to talk if we're on this topic. We have to talk about the Taylor Swift Fernando Alonso rumors
0: because yes, thank you, thank you for the pivot. Yes, I'm just going to hand it over. Tell me what you guys, how you felt. The best day of Tiggy and Sarah's lives.
1: <laughs> so Sarah, our other co-host, and I yeah. are huge Swifties. We absolutely love Taylor Swift. Like, grew up listening the whole thing. Right. Um. And so this was the best crossover, the dream crossover of our entire lives. We were yeah. Like, Taylor Swift and Formula One. Like, what could be better? Neither of us bought into it for a single second, but we were like, we love the stirring of the pot. We love Fernando Alonso jumping on the bandwagon. The TikToks. TikToks.
0: (laughs) Yep. I mean, I was kind of like, oh, oh, actually, this might be real. It was perfect
1: (laughs) Fernando Alonso, he he loves to troll. So I think that's kind of why we were like, maybe this is not a thing. And also, I yeah, I just, I don't see those two as like... (laughs) Uh, each other's cup of tea or type like not that they didn't right. get along but I don't know so but it was fun it was a really a really fun time in the f1 pop culture worlds but I uh, did not believe it
2: talk about the the other way that um the other way that Taylor Swift is connected to f1
1: Travis Kelsey who is an investor
2: of Alpine oh. so, they have like this consortium so it's like Ryan Reynolds Travis Kelsey Brian McElhaney McElhaney.
1: yeah yeah so there's a consortium of investors minority investors in Alpine which is the French team um and Travis Kelsey is part of that consortium and so we were like the the Taylor Swift conspiracy theory the invisible string
0: exactly (laughs) perfect (laughs) oh man that was that was a crazy day when I heard that rumor um I think everyone was so desperate for her to Everyone who works in the sports world was like, "She's got to date an athlete next." Like, she's, she, yeah. and she delivered.
1: And she did deliver.
2: <laughs> we were so convinced <laughs> Super Bowl she was win be and be all. Austin. We were so convinced she was going to be at the Austin Grand Prix when we were there because all the Alpine drivers like showed up wearing. One of them showed up wearing a Chiefs jersey. Oh, and was in, we in like, Travis Kelsey's jersey, yeah. And we were like getting. We were by the driver entrance where they were all arriving, and we're like, "It's going to happen! Like, we're going to see her. It's going to be amazing." Yeah. We were so ready. Maybe
0: happen. while she's in Europe this summer touring like yeah. stop by.
2: that's that matches perfectly with
1: the F1 calendar the European swing happens Great. over the summer so
0: <laughs> fingers crossed for you guys because that would be that would be perfect oh,
1: it would be iconic
0: <laughs> okay so let's let's talk about what you do F1 for the girls you notice this gap in the market which is that it was mostly men talking about formula one. Um, why do you think in your words, why is F1 or why can it be for the girls? And what does that mean to you?
2: I think what it really means or what F1 is to me, F1 is for the people (laughs) and not to sound like super preachy about it, but it's one of these sports where, as we've literally just talked about, you can, there's so many different facets and so many different ways to like the sport. And what we realized was that what we didn't want was women to feel like, oh, it's maybe too technical for me or it's a guy's thing. like I have no point of entry and we didn't want the sport to feel intimidating because it's such a beautiful sport and it's so much fun and community to be had. So the reason that we're for the girls is because we're really for everyone and we want people, like anyone who feels like they're dipping their toe in or just want a relatable way to approach the sport for everything that it is to kind of like come to our community and they just want to say it how it is. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I, love it. I I totally agree. And I think on the point of why F1 can be for women and for everyone, I think there are three things that come to mind for me. One, like we sort of mentioned at the beginning, there are more women working and succeeding and getting spotlighted in the sport than ever before. You know, we have so many, what goes hand in hand with that are so many more female content creators they're bringing more female brands they're bringing more female fans more sponsors like i don't know if anyone saw the charlotte tilbury livery for f1 academy but like that's huge that wouldn't have happened even like three to five years ago so i think there are so many more women being spotlighted creating content that sort of thing that i think helps everybody better understand that it can be for everyone and then The third thing would just be F1 Academy and the rise of that over the past year or so. They had their inaugural season last year, and this year we actually just released an episode on that yesterday um, about F1 Academy's make-or-break year, their breakout year, and how important that is, but it's about getting younger women into the sport to hopefully have a pipeline to actually get to F1 as a driver, You know, and that's something that we've never had before, but I think we have a higher chance now than ever before. It's going to take a while, but... There are so many, so many opportunities.
2: Wow! Yeah, I'm gonna plug F1 Academy one more time. Like, if anyone listening has not heard about Susie Wolf or researched Susie Wolf, she is Total Wolf's wife. He's the principal of Mercedes. She runs the F1 Academy series, and it is just unbelievable how much they have going on and how how they're poised to do so many great things this year.
1: But wow. we also have to say, like, she's not just Total Wolf's wife. She is like she's a race car driver. She is. Yeah. Toto Wolf is her husband.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's amazing. Um, Well, and I think both of you should probably step back and realize that you have a hand in some of these advancements made for females because there's now a new demand. And so I hope you feel really proud of the work you've done. You know, I'm watching from a like from afar but I can see that there's change being made within the sport because there are more women watching and the Charlotte Tilbury news I was like gosh that's got to be f1 for the girls behind that that's that's (laughs) yeah I wish that was our idea
1: it was so cool we did get a little tip off ahead of time that that was coming but um only because I have a friend who works at Charlotte Tilbury
0: (laughs) no but that's huge that's really
2: exciting yeah it's great. And we, we're so appreciative too of like being able to not just connect with other creators in the F1 space, but with people like you, because it it takes like a rising tide lifts all boats sort of thing. So the more women talking about sports and supporting each other is so amazing. So we're so thankful to have talked with you today.
0: Thank you. I like don't want to keep you any longer, but I just, if you could just give us like, you know, the season starts today and the first mm-hmm. race, just give us a little, synopsis of what to expect for 2024 other than Max Verstappen winning everything that's all
1: okay I'm not gonna give any false hope here but he was complaining yesterday about his car during practice so maybe we have some hope for excitement but a couple things things yeah it is called sandbagging The couple of things i would say to look out for outside of red bull and max Verstappen, look out for the fight between mclaren mercedes and ferrari i think they'll all be really gunning for p2 which if you're not a red bull fan that's the most exciting part to watch because you're not just watching one team win over and over again you're focused yeah. on sort of the the battle one step below um i think another thing it's there are 24 races this year like Chessa mentioned all over the world but it's a record for the number of races and so Uh, that comes with it some I guess complaints and criticism from teams and drivers about how unsustainable that is but like it's a really fun year to get into it because there are more races than ever so I would look out for that Um, and then yeah F1 Academy's big year it's their second year but they have their F1 is sponsoring drivers at each F1 Academy team so there's like so much more connection and so much more to watch if you're interested in, in women and female drivers so
2: And the only other thing I would say to look for is how a team starts the season is not going to be, or not necessarily how they're going to end the season. So like last year, Aston Martin started super strong, but every race or a few times a year, the teams can bring new upgrades to the car and sort of Aston Martin failed that development development race. Whereas McLaren maybe started a little bit lower and then won the development race at the end of the season. So Mm -hmm. definitely keep an eye out for who's really fighting between like 4th, 5th and 6th for the teams and then the middle of the pack for the drivers too.
0: Cool. Well, is Lewis is Lewis going to do it? Do you think he can come back and start winning again in your eyes? Yes.
1: Yes. Will be a, <laughs> a resounding yes.
0: Uh, oh man, well this was so fun. Um please stay in touch. I I would love to have you on again. I'm sure there will be some fun storylines this season. Totally.
2: If Taylor Thank comes you. to a race, we're doing a, an
0: emergency <laughs> Emergency. Emergency. And we yes. all live kind of close. So we can we can probably okay. meet up or something. Totally. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the Sportsish podcast. We will be back next Friday. As per usual, rate and review if you're loving Sportsish. Send us a DM with guest suggestions or or really anything you want to see more of. And I'd love to cover it for you. Thank you so much for being here for all of your support. Last week, we marked one full year of this podcast and I feel so lucky to have been here a full year talking about sports-ish. We will see you next week.